It's time for the most interactive radio program in Las Vegas today. It's time for Pushing the Limits with Brian Shapiro. Brian will talk sports, politics, entertainment, and anything that matters to you. Feel free to call Brian at 702-221-7283. You want answers? I want the truth! Now, Pushing the Limits, here's Brian Shapiro. What's up, everybody? Happy Friday. Boy, what a beautiful day in Las Vegas. Hey, my car got a free car wash. All the bird crap that's on my car, it's gone. Thanks to this lovely weather. This is why I moved to Las Vegas, so I didn't have to deal with this crap. But anyway, that's all right. Welcome to the show. It's Pushing the Limits. Glad to start on such a positive note. We are streaming everywhere, by the way. On my Twitter page, Pushing Limits LV. On my personal Facebook page. All that good stuff. We are streaming live. And so good to be with you. Also, of course, on the dial, KSHP 1400. And we got a big show lined up for you today. We got a lot to get to and a lot to go over. What is this Mike Tyson situation? Mike Tyson, uh, knockout on an airplane? Yeah, that's what happened. We'll talk about what happened, what are the repercussions, and who is the person that (laughs) pushed Mike Tyson over the edge. I promise, Robin Givens was not on the airplane. My sources are telling me that. I promise you, okay? I do. So we'll get to that. Coming up at the bottom of the hour, man, I love this guy. He's a former presidential candidate. He's a former Chicago congressman. A great follow on social media. A great podcast. Joe Walsh, the former congressman, will be joining us at the bottom of the hour. You hear about these these Marjorie Taylor Greene proceedings that have been taking place. People, Some of the good people in Georgia are trying to get her off the ballot, thank God. So we'll talk a little bit about that. Coming up with Joe Walsh and many other topics here at the bottom of the hour. Hour number two, Eva Chase will be joining us. She's running for lieutenant governor in the great state of Nevada. She is a transgender woman. We're going to ask her what she thinks about Ron DeSantis and this don't say gay bill. And really the the attack on the gay community, because to me that's what this bill is. It's all about politics and it's all about attacking people because some people might be a little different than you. So we're going to get to all that, but i got to start with the VGK story, to me, that is just absolutely mind-boggling. And I have some information to share with you. Let me give you the breaking news that has been reported by ESPN. ESPN is reporting that the Vegas Golden Knights, allegedly the starting goaltender, I don't know, I don't know if he should be, but let's just call Robin Leonard the starting goaltender for argument's sake, okay? Allegedly, the starting goaltender, Robin Leonard, is out for the season season-ending surgery. So usually when a report comes out, and that came out a few hours ago, by the way, on the ESPN. I think it was like maybe an hour, hour and a half ago or so. 10, 30, 11 o'clock. Yeah, yeah. So about an hour and a half ago. ago. Yeah, yeah. Thank you. Now I'm Chuck. So within the last hour, the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, not a fan, not a fan, the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights, Pete DeBoer, was asked about that. And his response was... Um... I don't know. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't know. Why? Well, I don't. I don't know. Uh, I don't know. Okay, so I'm lying. That was uh, from a press conference the other day. We totally spliced that up. That's so CNN of us to do that. But the truth be told, Pete DeBoer said he expects Robin Leonard to be at practice tomorrow, and he expects Robin Leonard to be in uniform for the game on Sunday. So let me get this right. 
Assuming that the ESPN story is true, and by the way, a lot of other outlets are confirming the story, and I just spoke to somebody who was close to Robin Leonard who also confirmed to me that he is having the surgery. How the F can the head coach of the Vegas Golden Knights not know this? So it's either one of two things. It's either a horrible lack of communication between your starting goaltender, in quotation marks, and your head coach and upper management within the organization of the Vegas Knights. It's either horrendous communication or somebody's lying. Now, when somebody lies, usually you have to say to yourself, what is the reason for lying, right? When a child lies and, you know, stole some candy from from the kitchen, the child is going to lie because the child doesn't want to get in trouble, right? If a cop pulls you over for speeding and asks you how fast you were going, some people might lie and say, well, I think I was going the speed limit, officer, because they don't want to get a ticket. Why would Pete DeBoer lie? It makes absolutely no sense. Why wouldn't he just say, yeah, that's the information that I got, that uh, there's going to be some season-ending surgery. So it doesn't make any sense. I'm going to give Pete DeBoer and the Knights organization the benefit of the doubt that they maybe weren't told about this surgery, and then somebody had squealed the information to a reporter at ESPN, by the way, which is ridiculous in itself. What is up with the communication between the Vegas Golden Knights and their starting goaltenders? Do you remember when they got rid of Marc-Andre Fleury and the communication barrier had broken? This is a guy who was the face of the... uh, The face of the team. So here's what I think is going to happen. And I'm going to make a prediction. And this is my personal prediction. And I know we still have, what, five games left, I believe, if I'm not mistaken? Uh, I don't know, four or five. doesn't matter. They're not making the playoffs. That's right. They're not. I know mathematically. Brian, mathematically, the Knights can still make the playoffs. They're not making the playoffs. Okay, the Kings won last night. The Kings are playing good hockey. They're not making the playoffs. In my personal opinion, one of two things is probably going to happen. And then I'm going to tell you what I think should happen with the Knights organization. In my opinion, either Robin Leonard is no longer going to be a Vegas Golden Knight and he's going to be dealt somewhere, or Pete DeBoer is going to be fired. Now, that's what I think is probably going to happen. One out of the two. I don't think both are going to happen. If you ask me what I think should happen, get rid of both of them. Why? I understand there have been a lot of injuries on this team this year. And that is a main reason why the Vegas Golden Knights are not making the playoffs. Understand that. However, you look at a coach and you look at the talent that you have on the ice. And you cannot look me in the eye and tell me that the talent that Pete DeBoer has had on the ice, regardless of injuries, is not enough talent to be a playoff team. It is a failure. You cannot tell me that Pete DeBoer's communication with some of these players have been tip-top. I just gave you a perfect example with this Robin Leonard situation. So you can make the argument that maybe it's time for a coaching change. I wouldn't have told you that a month ago. Where we're at right now, decision-making of Pete DeBoer, who's starting between the pipes, which I think the average hockey knowledgeable fan would have told you, bad decision-making. Logan Thompson should have started the last couple games. I haven't spoken to one person that disagrees with me on that one. Bad decision-making. And these are, by the way, these are generic decisions that a head hockey coach should be making. So, yes, I think you can make the argument, you could make the argument, that maybe it's time for a coaching change. Robin Leonard does not appear to be comfortable here in Las Vegas. I'm sorry, he just doesn't. There are some unruly fans out there that are wearing things, saying that he sucks and all that other stuff. Robin Leonard is not a very popular goaltender in Las Vegas these days. 
Robin Leonard has had his issues in this town. I mean, to the point where he even had to go off of social media. He has not had a very good year. He has had injuries. He has not... And by the way, this isn't personal. I think Robin Leonard, to all my... From what people tell me and from what I've seen, Robin Leonard is a good dude. I mean, the guy goes on social media and he tries to help other people with mental illness. He seems like a really good guy. And by the way, it's not personal when it comes to Pete DeBoer either. Seems like a good guy. Not exactly Mr. Personality. If Pete DeBoer decided to do a podcast, I probably wouldn't start listening to it. Not the most entertaining guy in the world. But I don't think Pete DeBoer is a bad guy. I don't think Robin Leonard's a bad guy. This isn't personal. I'm just talking about hockey. Robin Leonard does not seem to be the guy that's very comfortable here in Las Vegas. That's all I'm saying. So I think you can make the argument both ways. If I had it my way, I would get rid of Robin Leonard. Uh, what I've seen from Logan Thompson, uh, am I saying that he should be your starting goaltender? Probably not next year. I mean, you know, he doesn't have a lot of experience. However, he better be on this roster as your backup. That's just my personal opinion because he's been fantastic. Get a goaltender here that can get you to the Stanley Cup Finals. I know that's very, very difficult. I'm not saying it's easy. This organization is capable of doing it. Look at what they've accomplished in the last several years. I'm giving them a lot of credit for that. They are capable. Get a goaltender in here that you believe can help win you the cup. Get a coach in here that you believe can help win you the cup. We had one. His name was Gerard Gallant. They made a mistake. They got rid of him. Get a coach in here that not can maybe get you to the playoffs or do what the Sharks have done over the last 10 years and what Pete DeBoer was able to accomplish there. He's not going to get you to the Stanley Cup Finals. I'm sorry. I don't think Pete DeBoer is the guy. His system is not working here. Get a coach that you believe, and this is, again, easier said than done. I'm asking you for a coach that can win you a cup. I'm asking you for a goaltender that can get you there. Two very difficult things to find, but the Knights can do it. They're going to have the money to do it. They can do it, especially if you deal Robin Leonard. Those are the two things that I think should happen. But the fact of the matter is is that when you have reports from ESPN that Robin Leonard's out for the rest of the year with season-ending surgery and your head coach knows nothing about it with his head up his ass, I'm sorry, uh, something's wrong. The communication barriers are broken. In a situation where you are in must-win games now and you have to win out the rest of the season just to have a chance of making the playoffs, your head coach probably needs to know when your quote-unquote starting goaltender is out for the rest of the year because there are decisions that have to be made by the organization. Who are you going to call up? Who is going to be your backup goaltender? Who's going to be starting in net on Sunday? Yada, yada, yada. Obviously, that's going to be Logan Thompson. But your head coach needs to know that. And for the general public and members of the media to know that your starting goaltender is out for the rest of the year of surgery and as a head coach you don't know, That's an embarrassment. This is another embarrassing situation, and it's a lack of communication. So we're going to continue to monitor this story. We'll certainly talk about it on Monday and see what happens and, and of course, the latest. I have to talk to you about this Mike Tyson story, man, because it is crazy. This is a wild and crazy story. By the way, for the record, I have always been a huge Mike Tyson fan. I grew up watching the fights with my dad, my, my family. You know, we'd get the pay-per-view fights, and we'd watch it, and, and they'd be so much fun. I was always a huge Mike Tyson fan. Now, I know he is a convicted rapist, and I have my opinions on that, even though he was convicted in a court of law. I do not believe Mike Tyson is a rapist. That's just my personal opinion in this specific situation. I believe Mike Tyson had a horrible childhood. Not I believe, I know. Uh, Custom Otto was a father figure to him, and once he died, Tyson's life went down the toilet as far as going down the wrong rabbit hole. But I've always enjoyed Mike Tyson, and I've always enjoyed his fights, 
and I was always happy to know that he turned his life around. I mean, Mike Tyson is a guy, uh, he seems to me to be a pretty darn good father and a good husband, and he's turned his life around, and he lives here in Las Vegas, and he seems to be doing well in the business world. He's not a stupid guy. In fact, his vocabulary, I mean, you know, listen, when you talk like this, where's Wobbin? When you talk like this, some people don't think you're a very intelligent person. I can tell you right now, I've interviewed Mike Tyson a number of times. Mike Tyson is a very intelligent guy. He's got some anger issues. He's got some mental issues going on there. He's been controlled uh, with with those issues, and he's been doing a lot better as of recent. So the reason why we're talking about Mike Tyson, he's on this uh, JetBlue flight. By the way, I like JetBlue, but what is Mike Tyson flying on a JetBlue plane? It's strange. Oh, is that uh, Tyson Nintendo? Yeah. Well, I can tell you they weren't playing uh, Tyson Knockout uh, on JetBlue. I can tell you that. Where did you find that music? Well, Tyson was trying to. Yeah, maybe. God, that old Atari music is so great, isn't it? It's so incredible. Anyway, so Tyson's on JetBlue, and there's an unruly passenger behind him. And when I say unruly, I'm not saying unruly in general. I'm saying this: there's a guy behind him that who has a, a police record, by the way. The guy's stolen cars. He's got a bunch of uh, drug offenses. He's behind him, clearly intoxicated, trying to antagonize Mike Tyson. Now, how stupid of an individual do you have to be? To try to antagonize one of the best fighters in the history of boxing. Obviously, he can kick your ass. But this person is so stupid. He's antagonizing Tyson. Now, he's not assaulting Mike Tyson. Maybe verbally assaulting. But he's just really annoying, right? And my question is, why are the flight attendants uh, you know, coming by to do anything about it? I don't know. So, apparently what happened was Mike Tyson took a selfie with this idiot. And then was patient with his overly excited buddy who kept trying to talk to the 55-year-old fighter. Eventually, though, Tyson had enough of the guy behind him talking in his ear and told him to chill out. When the guy didn't chill out, that's when the witness says Tyson started to throw several punches at the man's face. Now, Tyson's people are claiming that this kid threw a water bottle at Tyson. That is not shown in the video. That is absolutely 100% not shown in the video. Now, Tyson looked like he threw about six or seven punches. And then you can see a picture of this kid. He's bloodied. His face is bloodied. I shouldn't call him a kid. It looks like somebody that's probably in his late 20s, early 30s. That's not a kid. But he got, uh, he got messed up pretty good. Now, here's what's very interesting to me. There's a lot of people on social media that are defending Mike Tyson, including fighter Terrence McKinney, who said, quote, on social media, If y'all see a fighter out and about, don't taunt them or annoy them. All you're doing is clout chasing for social media or or trying to get a lawsuit going. Leave them alone unless it's all positive. Let them live. Completely disagree with that 100%. While you're right, you shouldn't taunt anybody, whether it's a fighter or a celebrity. That doesn't give you the right to physically assault somebody. And I like Mike Tyson, and I love to defend Mike Tyson. Not going to defend him here. Someone else on social media wrote, these people are absolutely insane. Talking about the people on social media that are defending Mike Tyson. Tyson could probably kill someone with his fists. Condoning what he did is like condoning someone hitting another person with their car because that person flipped the bird at them and yelled obscenities. I could not agree more with that statement. That is 150% the way I feel. Listen, this kid's a moron, but now the moron has hired an attorney. And I guarantee you he's going to win. Because if somebody is throwing verbal jabs at you, it is never okay to throw fists back at them. Never. 
It doesn't matter what that person says. Do we have to go back to the Chris Rock, Will Smith situation? I know that's a different circumstance, but violence is not the answer here. Now, if Mike Tyson felt in fear for his life or Mike Tyson was physically defending himself, completely different circumstance, right? I would totally have his back. I don't have it here. Tyson should be arrested. And it doesn't help the fact that he is a convicted rapist who has rage issues, has had it his whole life. I can tell you what's going to happen here. I don't know if Mike Tyson's going to be arrested. I know that a police report was filed. I know that this guy, his name is George. I know that he hired an attorney. I would imagine he's probably going to make a lot of money. Probably a couple hundred thousand, maybe more. Tyson has had his issues with paying taxes and stuff. Uh, I think he's, he's doing much better financially now than he was 10 years ago, but I don't think Tyson's worth as much money as people think right now. He owed like $70 million to the IRS. This is the problem with society. Why can't we call out both sides? This dude, George, complete moron, who has a criminal record, but that is irrelevant to what took place in the plane. What that individual George was doing was annoying. He was talking to Tyson when Tyson didn't want to be bothered. Tyson told him to chill. He didn't chill. And maybe he was a little bit excited. And when you're drunk and when you're excited, you're going to be annoying. What Tyson should have done was he should have called one, uh, you know, on a stewardess, call on somebody that works on the plane, and either force this person to be quiet or move seats or something along those lines. Instead, Tyson decided to turn around. And by the way, that guy on social media is right. Tyson could kill somebody. And when you see the video, and there's video evidence of this, Tyson turns around and punches this guy at least six or seven times. And then if you see the video of this guy, you know, he's got a bloodied face. He, he busted him up. Now, you could make the argument, or I could make the argument, that this guy deserved it. And you know what? I don't feel sorry for him. But now he's going to make a lot of money for being a jerk. So not only are you putting yourself at risk of getting arrested and going to jail if you physically assault somebody, you're also rewarding the person and many of these people who antagonize celebrities and annoy celebrities want you to hit them because they know it's a payday. So we have to be very careful about this story. There's way too many people that are defending Mike Tyson. Those people are morons. You can't defend violence. You can say you don't feel bad for that person for getting struck in the face – But you can't defend Mike Tyson's actions because then you're basically saying in society if somebody's annoying and they're an a-hole, just physically assault them. You can't do that. And by the way, Tyson threw seven punches. Numchuck, were there any uppercuts, uh, how many combinations, and how many punches were actually landed? Do you have the judge's scorecard? Straight straight right, left, right, left. So who won the round? What is your judge's scorecard on JetBlue round one? That's a 10-8. It's a 10-8. 10-8. Were there any knockouts? Was there a stoppage in the fight? There was a stoppage. There was a stoppage. There was a stoppage. So it was a knockout. Knockout. Okay, okay. Fair enough. How long did the fight last? 15 seconds. I mean, the video so, so, is... So, so, so he lasted longer than Leon Spinks. Is that, was that what you're saying? Yeah. Well, that's you got to give him credit for that. 
Or how about, remember Peter McNeely? Remember that fool from Boston who fought Mike Tyson back in the day? And then, he, you know, he, he's knocked out in like 30 seconds. And then he was doing pizza commercials where a slice of pizza knocks him out. That stupid fool who made like 300 grand on that fight. And the guy was like an amateur boxer. That was an embarrassment to the sport. So this kid lasted longer than Leon Spinks. That's, that's impressive. Folks, I'm not trying to be the daddy figure here and the police, the, the logic police, but I feel like sometimes I need to. You've always had that moment in your life, and I've probably been that person that annoyed you at the poker table. You've always been, had that person that was just so annoying and went over the line, right? By the way, I would never do what this idiot did, either on or off an airplane. I would never treat somebody like that. With that being said, we've all had moments in our life where we would love to deck somebody. I'm sure we all have done, but we haven't done it because we know it's against the law. It's wrong, and violence is not the way to deal with some of these people. But we've all had situations like that in life. Jeez, I feel like every day, every day I feel like, boy, you know, somebody that cuts me off, somebody that's driving like a complete jerk. That's going to kill somebody, right? I mean, we all have those urges, you know, where I, what a fool, what a moron, learn how to drive, you know, and, you know, whether it's on the road or maybe you're in line at McDonald's and somebody cuts in front of you, right? We all have people that you just, you, you can't stand, right? People in public that you don't like. And I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I've dealt with people in my life where I said, boy, I'd like to punch that person in the face, but I don't do it because number one, I'm not a violent person. Even though I think it, I don't do it, Right? And number two, in most situations, I'd probably get my ass kicked. So that's another reason why I don't do it. I'm not Mike Tyson. But the point being, you know, we've all had situations like that in our life. I don't care where you live or where you're from. In life, sometimes people can be a-holes. Sometimes people can be annoying. It might be on an airplane. And that's probably one of the worst places it could happen because you ain't going anywhere and you're stuck there. So I understand Mike Tyson's frustration. I really do. But we can't condone this type of behavior. And there's too many people out there, whether it be social media or even some TV analysts that are defending Mike Tyson. And it's wrong. To me, it's the same thing. It's like defending Will Smith. Same type of situation where, oh, I'm offended by something or somebody's annoying me. Uh, I can't handle it emotionally. So I'm going to you know, take care of it violently with my fists. It just can't happen. And it especially can't happen if you're a celebrity. Because that's what they want you to do. This idiot is now going to be rewarded. He's going to be doing the interviews. He's going to be getting a big payday, and he is a lifelong criminal. Now, I'm not sure he's smart enough to know that this would have happened. I'm not sure he's smart. He appeared to be intoxicated. But that's not an excuse for his behavior either. It's very simple. If you're in an airplane and you're dealing with somebody that is annoying you, bothering you, or doing something that is over the line that's disturbing you in any way, shape, or form, in this situation, you have to tattletale. You can't take matters into your own hands. You have to talk to somebody. Okay? Hey, this is what this person is doing. Can you please handle it? And they'll probably move your seat or they'll... You know, in some cases, escort somebody off the plane or tie them up, whatever the case may be. That's what Mike Tyson should have done. That's what his handlers should have done for him. But in no way, shape, or form can you condone this, and in no way, shape, or form can you defend it because it's wrong. 
And what Mike Tyson did was wrong. So can we please stop defending Mike Tyson? Can we please stop defending Will Smith? Can we please stop defending anybody that takes matters into their own hands by using their fists? Because it's dangerous, it's wrong, and it sets a horrible precedence moving forward. And by the way, what happens if this is in general public? What happens if this is on the street? What happens if this is in an area where you're allowed to you know, carry a concealed firearm? What happens if somebody's bothering the you-know-what out of you and you decide to throw some punches? If that person has a gun, they're allowed to take it out and they're allowed to kill you or at least shoot you because it's called self-defense. Do I need to bring up George Zimmerman? And in no way, shape, or form am I defending George Zimmerman. I wish he was in jail. But based on the evidence, Trayvon Martin started a physical altercation. George Zimmerman took out his gun and shot Trayvon Martin. Horrible circumstance. Feel terrible about it. A young man lost his life. Should have never happened. George Zimmerman should have never been following Trayvon Martin. But starting a physical altercation can kill you if somebody is carrying a weapon on them. Now, I understand that's a completely different circumstance than what happened on this plane. And I also understand that guns are not allowed on a plane. But that's what took place here. Mike Tyson is wrong. Mike Tyson should have never put his hands on anybody. And let's leave it at that. All right, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, former presidential candidate Joe Walsh is going to be joining us next. Uh, As I mentioned, a former congressman as well. And there's plenty we need to get to uh, when when it comes to Joe Walsh. And I know he's got a lot to talk about. Marjorie Taylor Greene, by the way took the stand today under oath, uh, having to answer some of her ridiculous conspiracy theories about January 6th. They're trying to get her off the ballot over there. And uh, I'll let you know uh, a little bit how that went down. But we got a lot of topics to get to when it comes to Joe Walsh, who's going to be joining us next on the show. By the way, I want to talk to you about a uh, fresh new candidate for lieutenant governor for our state uh, of Nevada this year. Her name is Eva Chase. Uh, she's a transgender woman and an independent progressive candidate. She supports veterans, the LGBTQ community, voting rights, and Black Lives Matter. By the way, those are all topics that I am very passionate about as well. She's lived in Las Vegas for 15 years. And here's something cool. She's been at MGM Resorts working there for 13 years. Please follow Eva Chase on Facebook, TikTok, and Twitter. New ideas for positive change. That is Eva Chase for uh, Nevada Lieutenant Governor. And she's going to be joining us in studio coming up at the top of the air, uh, top of the hour in about 30 minutes. But as I mentioned, coming up next, former presidential candidate Joe Walsh. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You're listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP. All right. Welcome back. Pushing the Limits on a Friday. So glad that you could join us. A rainy Friday in Las Vegas. So much going on in the world of politics and news. Of course, Marjorie Taylor Greene testifying under oath. Oh, man, there's a lot going on. And I figured what better person to kind of uh, break it all down for us and the craziness that is going on in the world right now. Former presidential candidate, uh, friend of the show, and, of course, former congressman Joe Walsh joining us right now. By the way, his podcast is awesome. We'll talk about that. Joe, I appreciate you joining us, my man. How are you? Hey, Brian, good to be with you. I hope you can hear me. 
Uh, yeah, broke up a little bit, but I think I think we're good now, Joe. Thanks for joining us, as always, by the way. Can you start off by t- giving us your reaction to Marjorie Taylor Greene? I don't know if you had a chance to watch any of her testimony today. What are your What are your thoughts on that and the fact that, you know, they're trying to get her off the ballot and uh, some of her answers today were very kooky. What are your thoughts on that? You know, uh, and, and maybe, Brian, this won't be your take, but I, I tend to think it's much ado about nothing. I think Marjorie Taylor Greene, look, they, she will today will strengthen her among her supporters. The people in her district love her. She is she. Uh, I mean, yeah, yeah. You and I may not like what she's done today, but she's been defiant. Uh, she's she's standing up to you know the people attacking her. Um, so I think it's going to strengthen her. Uh, um, uh, in the party and among among her voters. And I, I think part of the problem, Brian, is like with the Kevin McCarthy story, mm-hmm. the Democrats are like looking for a silver bullet. Kevin McCarthy or Marjorie Taylor Greene, it, that's not a silver bullet. They got to try to work hard and win this election. And what you're referring to, Joe, I want to read one of your tweets because I agree with you 100 percent. You said, quote, you think something Kevin McCarthy said on some tape is going to hurt him or Republicans politically? B.S. Hell, Donald Trump incited an effing insurrection and he'll still be the Republican nominee in 2024. You say get out of your MSNBC bubble and start changing hearts and minds. Can you elaborate and talk a little bit more about that? Brian, you know this, uh, from the moment four or five years ago when I came out and opposed Donald Trump, virtually every one of my former Republican colleagues in Congress, virtually every one over the last four or five years, told me privately that they agreed with what I said about Trump publicly. So to find out that Kevin McCarthy thinks privately that Donald Trump is unfit and in a danger it's not, not a surprise. Yeah. Most of them believe that. They don't have the balls to say it publicly. Yeah. So, look, th- this is where the party is. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I tend to agree with you on that. The faces of the party, right? Matt Gates, Jim Jordan. These are Jim Jordan. People like Jim Jordan are people that you've worked with. Like, you know Jim Jordan uh, probably better than most people do. That's for sure. What do you make of that guy who seems to – all he seems to do is attack Democrats, but yet he can't pass anything. He never has, and he has no solutions. What do you make of a guy like that who you used to work with? Who I used to work with, Brian. He and I used to be really good friends. Uh, Jim Jordan sold his soul to Donald Trump, and I couldn't do it. I wouldn't do it. But Jim Jordan's not alone. Almost everybody I knew in Congress sold their soul to Trump. You know, Brian, I've said it before. Donald Trump's greatest legacy is the destruction of truth, period. Mm-hmm. And and Trump has been rewarded uh, by Republican voters for lying every time he opens his mouth. Well, Jim Jordan and the other Republicans have learned from that. Mm -hmm. Kevin McCarthy has learned from that. So they lie because Republican voters don't care that these leaders lie. 
If you're just joining us, we're speaking with former presidential candidate Joe Walsh. And uh, Joe has worked with a lot of these Republicans on Capitol Hill that I uh, go after on a regular, everyday basis. You know, you said something also interesting on CNN. I think it was like a year, maybe a year and a half ago, Joe. You said Jim Jordan knows exactly what time he spoke to Donald Trump on January 6th. He remembers exactly what was said, right? You still feel that way, I I would assume. Brian, absolutely. It was comical when Jordan a few months ago said he didn't remember if he spoke to Trump on January 6th. He remembered. He remembered how many times he spoke to Trump, and he remembers exactly what he told Trump and what Trump told him. They're all lying to protect Trump, and they're all lying because they're voters. Look, Brian, here's the scary truth. The average Republican voter out there does not give a damn about January 6th. How do I know that? They tell me that every single day. Mm. Jordan McCarthy, these guys know where their voters are, so they're going to cater to that. Um, because they want to win in November. They want to get reelected. Isn't that sad? I mean, what do you think is going to happen at the end of this uh, committee, uh, this this, uh, January 6th committee? Is there going to be any accountability? Are we going to learn anything new that maybe we didn't know in the past? What do you think is going to be the outcome of this, Joe? Ah, Brian, I wish I was a I wish I was a better guest because I'm, I'm never very optimistic. You're a great guest. I suck. Brian, I suck. I, I'm not optimistic. I, here's what I think. I don't think I don't think what the January 6th committee puts out will mean anything. Mm. Uh, uh, Republican voters don't care. They're not paying attention. So it will not move any Republican voter. My only hope, Brian, is that it wakes up Democrats and independents, many of whom don't even want to get off their ass and vote this November. My hope is that this will compel Democrats and independents to come on out and vote. But I don't expect much from the January 6th committee. It'll be dramatic, but I don't think it'll move much. Again, sadly, I I agree with you, Joe. Uh, I want to talk about somebody who you retweeted recently. He's a mutual friend. I'm talking about Fred Gutenberg, of course, a great man who lost his daughter, sadly, in the Parkland shooting. Here's what Fred said on Twitter. You retweeted it, as did I. He said, I hate saying this, but Democrats need to stop complaining about what a bully Ron DeSantis is. It only feeds his base. My advice, take a lesson from his approach and fight back. The Democrats are on the right side of issues. Act like winners. uh, Show strength and fight back. And I know you've said very similar things to that, right, Joe? Oh, my God, Brian. And and by the way, Fred's a great guy. Even though he and I disagree on guns, we have great conversations about guns. Mm -hmm. My God, Brian, Democrats need to learn how to fight. Mm -hmm. For, For five years, they whined and complained about what a bully Trump was. You know what you do to bullies. I know what you do to bullies. You punch them in the nose. Ron DeSantis is the same kind of bully. But I hear too many Democrats complaining about what DeSantis is doing. If Democrats don't begin to fight, Brian, they're going to get their ass handed to them in November. Yeah, I I, I tend to agree with you. Let me ask you about that. it, it, It saddens me. Brian, it saddens me to. Joe, you still there? I and think Brian, I apologize. Yeah. I cannot hear a word you're saying. That's okay. I'm still here. I can't hear much of what you're saying. Okay, sorry friend. about that. I think you cut out there for a second, Joe. That's okay. Are you back? Can you hear me? Okay. 
Are you still there, Joe? Did we lose Joe? Maybe we need a new connection. I'm on... back, Brian. Okay, I'm great. Sorry. That's okay. Out. My no, bad. no problem. You're cutting technology. Out. Technology. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. Technology. Yes. Uh, I'll bring Mark. I'll blame Mark Zuckerberg. Uh, so, so Joe, let's talk a little bit about 2024. You and I agree. We believe Donald Trump is not only running. I'm not sure there's a Democrat out there that can beat him at least right now. Now, you tell me if you disagree or not. If the elections were today, to me, the only Democrat that could defeat Donald Trump today would be Hillary Clinton. I can't think of one other person that that could run that would beat him. Do you agree with me, or are there other Democrats out there you think that could defeat Donald Trump if the elections were today? If the 2024 election were today, Trump would win. Uh, I disagree with you about Hillary. I think the only one who could come close to Trump is Biden. Hmm. Uh, but the election's not held today, and it'll be in three years, and Biden's not getting younger. If not Biden... Brian, I don't see a Democrat who can get in the ring and go after that bully and beat him. I agree with you 150 percent. I mean, we might disagree a little bit on Hillary Clinton, but I, I don't think Joe Biden w- would defeat Donald Trump. I really don't. And again, it, it's three years down the road. You're absolutely right. Uh, I want to play you a clip, Joe, if I may, of Tucker Carlson, Russian misinformation, which he seems to put out there every day. I believe this was on Tucker's show yesterday. He's talking about Zelensky again. Have a listen to what Tucker Carlson uh, had to say. And I know you posted this on your Twitter page as well. It's, it's just absolutely mind-boggling to me. Listen to this. Meanwhile, the White House has sent more than a billion dollars to Ukraine in just the past week. And then today, as we told you, the Secretary of the Treasury announced we're sending another half a billion to pay the salaries of Ukrainian government workers. Shouldn't we have an audit of Zelensky's finances first? Oh, shut up. That's Russian disinformation. Did did Tucker Carlson just say that uh, he wants to audit uh, Zelensky? What, What do you make of that, Joe? Tucker still works for Putin. Tucker Carlson works for Putin. And it's been that way from the beginning. Look, look, Tucker Bryan went after me a couple weeks ago on a show because I called him out on all the lies he tells. Um, No, he channels the Republican Party base, though, Brian. He loves a dictator and a strong man. And that's where a lot of Republican voters are, which is why they love Trump. It's amazing to me, you know, Donald Trump calling Putin savvy and a peacemaker. You've got uh, Madison Cawthorn, who who calls Zelensky a thug. Uh, There are Democrats out there that say the alt-right are Putin supporters. Uh, Do you agree with that? Brian, my biggest disappointment coming from the right is how the right embraced authoritarianism. I wish I had seen it earlier. I have had so many Republicans tell me I don't mind, Joe, if Trump is a dictator as long as he gives me the stuff I want. Mm -hmm. Republicans have given up on democracy to give them what they want, Brian. They want a dictator to get it for them. We've talked uh, about Hunter. It seems like a lot of Republicans, all they want to talk about is Hunter Biden's laptop. By the way, Hunter's never been a politician, as you know. But it doesn't seem to me, Joe, a lot of people on the right are talking about Jared Kushner and his business dealings with the Saudis. Uh, You make very good points on that. Uh, Why can't we call out both? Hey, hey, Brian. And again, I I apologize. I hope you can hear me. Yes. Anytime anybody uses their own influence in government or their family's influence in government to enrich themselves, it's wrong. Hunter Biden, uh, a year after Biden uh, left the White House as vice president, Hunter Biden got a few million from China. 
That's wrong. Jared Kushner, mere months after he left the White House, he gets $2 billion from Saudi, mm -hmm. Saudi dictators. That's wrong. We should call out both of those instances. Do you believe that laws should be put in place to stop family members from taking advantage of who their father or mother is in politics? Do you believe that the lawmakers should put those types of things in place? Do you think that'll ever happen? And it, I don't think it ever will because there's too many people that are taking advantage of it. And, and a lot of lawmakers don't want to put a law like that in place. But do you think that'll ever happen? And would you support that? I don't think it'll ever happen, Brian. I don't think I'd support it because it's it, it, it would be too broad, vague and almost impossible to enforce, mm -hmm. um, it, which is an absolute shame, Brian, because it's done. Yeah. Um, the, the problem is uh, uh, people should pay politically for this. And and uh, it's just a shame, though, because Democrats refused to call out what Hunter Biden did, and Republicans will not call out what Jared Kushner did. Mm -hmm. I want to give you an opportunity, Joe, before I let you go, because I, I love your podcast, White Flag. Can you, can you talk to us a little bit about this podcast? It, it seems to be getting more and more popular by the day. Tell me a little bit about it. Uh, Brian, you and I have talked. I did a lot to help divide this country. Uh, and I'm not proud of that over the last 12 years. I launched a podcast called White Flag with Joe Walsh to try to do something about that divide. Every week I sit down with somebody who doesn't think like me uh, and we try to find some common ground. Uh, this past week I sat down with a black Democratic activist from Milwaukee. He and I disagree on a lot of things, mm -hmm. but we actually did find some common ground on some issues. America needs to do more of this. Completely agree. Will you ever run for office again? Because I hope you do. Yes. Uh, you will. Yes. What are your Don't ask me what, because <laughs> I, I don't know. Well, listen, Joe, you have a lot of people that follow you like me and a lot of people that appreciate you. First of all, you're, a, you're one of the very few that admits when you're wrong about something. That's a good quality. You were wrong about Trump, and you admit that. And I just love your honesty. Yeah. I love your honesty, Joe. I always have. And I, I, I know how passionate you are and you care about the American people. And that's why I ask you that question, because you're the type of person. We need more people like you that are in Washington. Joe Walsh, I always appreciate your time, my friend. Uh, it sounds like there's a lot of ambulances in the background. So stay out of trouble, OK? Oh, my God. Brian, <laughs> you're the best. Have a great weekend, buddy. Thanks, Thank Joe. You, my friend. I appreciate it, Joe. Thanks for your time. Uh, he is Joe Walsh, former presidential candidate. And uh, I mean that. That's a guy that I would absolutely vote for. By the way, he used to be a Republican. Uh, I, I'm not sure what he calls himself these days, but uh, he's not a Republican anymore. Uh, and, and a lot of people in the Republican Party have ostracized him for it. And it's wrong. Joe Walsh voted for Donald Trump. Joe Walsh supported Donald Trump in 2016. And you know what? Even though I didn't vote for Hillary Clinton in 2016, when Donald Trump was elected, I thought Donald Trump would tone down the rhetoric, and I thought maybe, just maybe, he would be a decent president. I was wrong also. So was Joe Walsh. He admits that. I admit that. But I love the fact that he's able to call out Republicans. He's able to call out people, as I do on the radio every day, people that are wrong, that throw out conspiracy theories. And we're at a very dangerous time in this country right now. It's funny, I talk about you know, the Mike Tyson situation, right? So many people out there defending violence, right? It's okay to punch somebody if they annoy you. It's okay to spread conspiracy theories and lies. I mean, just this morning, 
Don't ask me why I did it. I think it was on my Facebook feed, but I saw that that lunatic Joey Gilbert is running for governor uh, as a Republican who, again, spreads misinformation and lies. This idiot, and that's what he is. He's an idiot. uh, He sent me a few weeks back. He sent me a message of an article that was fake news claiming that you know, 15 tennis players in the Miami Open uh, withdrew because of their vaccinations. It was a lie. But this is a guy that believed it because he because he, he spews conspiracy theories and he's a complete moron. You know, and this is what Joey Gilbert put on Facebook uh, a few days ago. He says, less than 24 hours after a federal judge in Florida struck down the unconstitutional, unscientific and useless mass man at the airport and on flights for, uh, you know, now it's over. The masks are over. First of all, There's a reason why I bring this guy up. Now, listen, he has no chance to be our governor. He has no medical experience. He's an ambulance chaser. Speaking of ambulances, Joey Gilbert is an ambulance chaser in Reno. Probably the last attorney on earth that I would ever hire because he's a clown. But the reason why I bring him up is because there are plenty of Joey Gilberts out there in the Republican Party today. They're right-wing buffoons. They have no idea what they're talking about. They have no medical experience. And here I am, and people say every day, Brian, why do you get so angry at these people? I'll tell you why. Because when they have no medical experience and they spread COVID misinformation, and here I am, somebody who almost died. Okay, I was in the ICU for two weeks. The doctors and nurses and infectious disease experts saved my life. And I will never forget that. And then we had these idiots, these ignorant right-wing buffoons like Joey Gilbert, who probably has an IQ of about 25, who goes on social media and saying masks were useless and they were unconstitutional and they were unscientific. And it gets me angry. And sometimes I lash out. And I did it again this morning on his Facebook page because he's a clown. And I'm so sick of it. If you listen to right-wing radio, which I hope you don't, but if you do, because it's 99% of talk radio today, it's all about misinformation about COVID and attacking Joe Biden, and he has Alzheimer's, and let's talk about Hunter Biden's laptop, and let's attack Kamala Harris because she's black, and let's attack Black Lives Matter, and let's defend the January 6th insurrection, and let's talk about how Donald Trump won the election in a landslide. OAN, Newsmax, Fox News, they're all the same. And it's an injustice to this country. I'm not saying there aren't networks on the left, like MSNBC, for example, that sometimes goes too far and spreads left-wing propaganda as well, because it does happen as well, to be fair. But for the most part, uh, the propaganda when it comes to vaccinations and COVID and election integrity, as they like to say, is all coming from the right. And idiots like Joey Gilbert, who are an embarrassment to the state. Joey Gilbert is an embarrassment to the state. He is a fool. But you know what? I can deal with fools. What I don't deal with are people that spread misinformation and conspiracy theories that can hurt, harm, or kill people. There are idiots in Las Vegas within the Republican Party that actually not only defend, but say positive things about Justin Anders, the guy and I, I don't even know why I say his name anymore because it's old news. But the, but it's important that I bring up the fact that this is the guy who threatened and accosted a politician, our governor in public. And there are Republicans that are doing meet and greets with this guy. Meet and greets. It's indefensible. 
And I don't know what Republicans stand for. I know there's some good Republicans out there. Doc Walls was in the studio the other day on the Republican side. He's running for governor. He's a great man. He's an old-school Republican. Great man. Don't agree with him on everything, but I agree with him on a lot. He's a reasonable human being. We had Sherelle Mendenhall in studio. She's running for office. She won't look me in the eye, and she won't say that Joe Biden won a free and fair election. Stavros Anthony, he won't look me in the eye and says, Joe Biden won a free and fair election. Well, I don't know. I haven't counted all the votes. So what? And then these idiot Republicans, these morons on the right that want to talk about critical race theory. Yet they can't give one example of a teacher at the elementary school or high school level that's teaching it. But yet they they all want to talk about it. Don't want to talk about, you know, you don't want to talk about Racial you know, inequality, and, and you don't want to talk about racial injustices. No, that's not happening in this country. But critical race theory, yeah, that's happening. Next time you talk to a right-wing buffoon that brings up critical race theory, end the conversation by asking them this. Can you name me one teacher that's teaching it? Just give me one example. Hundreds of thousands of teachers across the country. Can you give me one teacher that's doing it? Just one. And they won't be able to do it because it doesn't exist, because it's a lie. The entire right-wing agenda right now is a lie. That's what it is. COVID misinformation. Donald Trump won the election in a landslide. That's what Republicans stand for these days. Oh, yeah. My body, my choice. Unless it comes to abortion, then it's not your choice. You bunch of freaking hypocrites. I'm sick of it. I'm sick of you. And you know what? I'll be honest. Some of you, I hate you. I hate you for trying to push your beliefs on me. As if your religion is the only religion. You don't get to tell me what to do. Just like you don't get to tell NFL players what to do. If they want to take a knee during the national anthem, they're not SOBs for doing so. Whatever happened to your just peacefully protest. But if it's a bunch of black people and brown people, oh no, well, well then we can't do it. They're a bunch of SOBs, right? According to our former president, Donald Trump. You scumbags. And by the way, who are you to tell somebody else what the American flag means to you? Now, with that being said, yeah, you can't burn the American flag and stomp on it. And I agree with that. And I wouldn't take a knee during the national anthem. But they have a right to do so. Because the people that died for this country, they died so that you have the freedom to do what you want. You can take a knee if you want to. Doesn't make you an SOB. You know what makes you an SOB? Spreading misinformation. Defending the Confederate flag. Lying about COVID. Taking COVID press conferences and making it into your own little political rally. Telling people about injecting yourself with disinfectant. Saying there are good people on both sides when you got a bunch of Klan members on one side. That's what makes you an SOB. Accepting hundreds of millions of dollars in campaign contributions, claiming you're going to use it for voter fraud, and then stealing everybody's money and taking 80% of it. That's what makes you an SOB, lying every day, attacking women based on looks, attacking POWs. I don't respect John McCain's service because he was captured. Attacking Mexicans, saying they're rapists, and I suppose some of them are good people. That's what makes you an SOB. You're not an SOB when you take a knee and peacefully protest. You're an SOB when you storm the Capitol and try to overturn the outcome of an election. That makes you a criminal. That makes you a felon. That's what makes you an SOB. And Joe Walsh is 100% right, and sadly, I agree with him. This January 6th committee will probably not end up holding anybody accountable. We're going to learn more evidence, and we're going to learn what we already knew, and that this was a coup, and Donald Trump was absolutely responsible for what took place on January 6th. And if a Republican says 
Donald Trump wasn't responsible, then ask them this very simple question, and this will also end the conversation. If Donald Trump didn't say the election was stolen months before January 6th, if Donald Trump didn't say that, and he didn't say that Joe Biden cheated and he was an an unfair president and the Democrats cheated, if Donald Trump didn't do that, does January 6th happen? Ask yourself that question. Now, obviously, if you have a brain uh, or at least an IQ much higher than Joey Gilbert, which is uh, lowering the bar, no question about that. But if you have a brain, the answer is no. January 6th doesn't happen if Donald Trump doesn't lie about the election and the election results. So how can you say he's not responsible? You're damn right he's responsible. He's 100% responsible, in my personal opinion, as well as everyone that stormed the Capitol. And that's why they're being held to account. But a Republican, if you bring up January 6th, many Republicans will, what about Black Lives Matter? What about that? What about this? That's why we call it whataboutism, ladies and gentlemen. Nobody should condone violence, and I can tell you right now, nobody that I've ever spoken to has condoned any violence that happened during a Black Lives Matter protest. But I'll tell you this, there's a fine line between protesting for equality and protesting based on a lie. A lie that Donald Trump won the election. There's a fine line difference there. I don't condone violence no matter where you are. But there is a fine line between protesting equality and protesting the big lie that the orange turd has been talking about now for the last year. Because that's what it is. It's a lie. Oh, but I have evidence. Look at this. Look at that. Oh, really? Where's your evidence? Who has it been verified by? Was it presented in a courtroom? The answer is no. But these dummies, these right-wing douchebags... That just spread misinformation constantly. They don't realize what they're doing to this country. They don't. All they care about is remaining in power. And they're willing to do or say anything to kiss the ring of Donald Trump so they can get that endorsement and they can remain in power. Dean Heller is a perfect example of that. He's your typical polished scumbag politician. He's another embarrassment to the state. Let me be very clear for all you people out there that are worried that some of these idiots might you know, be the next governor. I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm not worried at all. Now, I don't like these candidates, and I don't like what they have to say, many of them, and, and, and it's disgraceful. Dean Heller's not going to be our governor. Joey Gilbert's not going to be our governor. Sheriff Lombardo is not going to defeat Steve Sislek. I believe uh, Lombardo will win on the, on the right, and he'll be facing off against Steve Sislek. I have my issues with Steve Sislak as well, but I'll tell you right now, Steve Sislak is going to remain in place, and he's going to continue to be the governor of the great state of Nevada because there are not enough stupid people out there, thank God, that would vote for Joey Gilbert or a Sheriff Lombardo. Steve Sislak is going to remain governor of the great state of Nevada. I promise you that, folks. I'm not worried about it. We're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Speaking of someone that's running for office, uh, one of the good people that I actually support uh, is going to be joining us in studio next. Her name is Eva Chase, and she is running for lieutenant governor in the great state of Nevada. So she'll be joining us next. Uh, She's a transgender woman. I am going to ask her some very serious questions. And what are her thoughts on this whole Disney World situation and now the special tax that... uh, (laughs) Governor uh, Death Santis is now putting into place in Florida. I know she's going to have some opinions on that. Talk to her about that and many, many more serious issues. We'll take a quick break. We'll be back right after this. You are listening to Pushing the Limits right here on KSHP.
All right, welcome back. Pushing the limits on a Friday. This weather is so odd, you know. It was like pouring and windy and cold, like when I walked in here in my sandals. And now it's bright, sunny. You got to love Las Vegas. Now I just want to get out there and I want to swing a golf club. It's so nice. Right, Numbchuck? I don't know, man. It's The weather is just a... I've been here 20 years and it's... Uh, I love the weather here. I'll be honest. I do like it. What are the odds you golf this weekend? Uh, what are the odds? What are the odds? My, uh, I'm a 10 to 1 favorite. Minus 1,000. Yeah, Take I'm definitely going to be golfing with somebody. By the way, I might be golfing with one of my friends who was over there at Sapphire. Uh, you got to make Sapphire your first pick for a pro draft weekend. Round one post-party draft hosted by Pro Football Hall of Famer Terrell Owens. Come party with T.O. Thursday night and come party with me. I'll be there Thursday night as well. I'll be doing a podcast out there. And then the following day, by the way, that party's April 28th at Sapphire. On the 29th, which is a week from today, I'm going to be doing my show live out there from noon to 2. Uh, so I'm inviting all you to show up, come out, say hello, uh, give you a shout out on the air, have a good time, uh, even a drink on me. How about that? And I'm very cheap, so you know I'm willing to pay uh, drinks. Drinks on me. By the way, the best place to buy somebody a drink is in the casino. For the record, I just want to be clear on that. And then you could be Michael Jordan or Tiger Woods and don't tip. I don't condone that, by the way, because I take care of people. But I'm, I'm just saying. That's all I'm saying. Anyway, check out Sapphire. Uh, the 28th, uh, the night of the 28th, Terrell Owens will be there. T.O. for the uh, Pro Draft Weekend football party. I will be there as well. All right, so as you know, I have a lot of candidates that come in studio from time to time. Uh, we've had a few this week. Cheryl Mendenhall, right, was in this week. Stavros Anthony was in studio last week. Uh, I had Doc Walls in studio this week. Of course, he's running for governor in the great state of Nevada. I have a lot of people in studio, don't Return I? Return of the Mac. Yes, Mac Miller was in studio yesterday. How could I forget about that? The, the great Mac Miller. Um, and by the way, next week we have some great guests lined up uh, as well. We have another uh, gubernatorial candidate that's going to be joining us. Miss Whitley is going to be joining us in studio. And uh, I promise you Tuesday is going to be a bunch of fireworks because uh, a guy by the name of Vem Miller is going to be joining us. He's running uh, as an assemblyman, and uh, he's somebody who has praised the guy who threatened our governor in public. So that's going to be fireworks. But somebody that I really do enjoy having in studio, and she joins us again in studio right now, is uh, Eva Chase. She's running for lieutenant governor in the great state of Nevada. Uh, she's a transgender woman, and uh, obviously, uh, as I talk about her a lot on this show, she supports a lot of the same causes that I support, including the LGBTQ community, voting rights, and of course, Black Lives Matter. Eva, I do appreciate you being here. How are you? I'm fine. Thank you so much for having me back. I of course. Appreciate it. Of course. I appreciate you being here. As I mentioned, you know, I, I get a lot of candidates that come in and some that I agree with, some that I disagree with. I think we agree a lot on, on a lot of policy issues and a lot of things going on in the world. I have to start by asking you about Ron DeSantis and this and this whole Disney World situation. So let's start from square one. I think you know the story, but just for our listeners, give people a little bit of background. So it appears as though ownership at Disney World, they, they kind of effed up a little bit, right? Mm-hmm. So this, this don't say gay policy, and I'm by the way, I'm going to keep calling it that because that's what it is. Uh-huh. Uh, I don't care if Republicans don't like it or not. Uh, so DeSantis comes out with this thing and uh, ownership, I will say, at Disney World. They really uh, don't speak out against it. A lot of employees were upset. They walk out. And then within 48 hours, the Disney World corporate people uh, do speak out on it and say they're not going to tolerate it. And they're against Ron DeSantis and blah, 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 blah. The employees come back. They should have done that from the get-go. They didn't, but at least they made it right, and I'm happy that the employees stood up for what was right as well. DeSantis doesn't like it, just like Donald Trump or any evil, murderous dictator. I don't know if DeSantis is a murderous dictator, but he's certainly acting like a dictator. What does he say? Well, now he's uh, come up with this uh, special tax status that he's taken away from Disney because they're against this don't-say-gay bill. 
to me, that's what a dictator does. And I want to get as a transgender woman. And, and again, uh, you are uh, for the LGBTQ community, as I am as well. So I would imagine mm-hmm. you don't agree with this bill either. What do you make of, number one, this don't say gay bill and this whole Disney World situation? This don't say gay bill is a direct attack on transgender's rights and is very discriminating against a group of people. And I have studied the bill. It has no basis merit to it. And when you have transgender and gay teachers in public schools and their kids ask them, Mr. Smith or Mr. Jones, can you tell me about your family? Mm -hmm. And they have a husband instead of a traditional wife. And they're not allowed to say anything about it. It's more confusing to the children. Yes. So I think it's very much not in the interest of the Florida folks that live there. And also, too, to piggyback on what you said, the attacking Disney and taking away their tax exemption will increase. And I saw this this morning. It will increase the county taxes on the folks that live in that county. They will be paying higher taxes for their housing. Mm. And Ron DeSantis doesn't care. He's just trying to make a political point, uh, score points, and don't disagree with Ron DeSantis. I mean, that's really what this is all about, right? Mm -hmm. Um, So let's talk about this don't say gay bill. Mm -hmm. Uh, Now, Republicans will say that's not what this bill is at all. Uh, That's exactly what it is. You know, the argument they make is that there are teachers throughout the country, at least they make it sound like, there are teachers throughout the country that are being explicit with our first and second and third graders. Mm -hmm. That is not the case. Mm -hmm. Could you find one or two situations? Maybe. But, you know, I remember uh, that idiot on Fox News, that reporter, uh, Ducey, I call him Douchey, (laughs) Ducey. Uh, uh, Mm. Do you remember the moment where he asked Jen Psaki about this don't say gay bill and then Jen Psaki fires right back at him and say can you give me one example of this that's going on in Florida and he can't Mm -hmm. and Republicans can't and she got him good and that's what I say to people when it comes to critical race theory and and, and this ridiculous and here's why I think it's ridiculous and you can tell me whether you disagree or not Mm -hmm. Um, if a first second or third grader has maybe two moms or two dads which by the way I have absolutely no problem with and if if a child raises his or her hand and says what does it mean to be gay Mm-hmm. I'm not saying the teacher has to be explicit in answering it, but give a very general answer. Sometimes mm-hmm. men are attracted to men. Sometimes women are attracted to women. And if you want to mm-hmm. know more, talk to your parents about it. Sounds but good. in this bill, if a parent or, or if a teacher answers the question like that, they, they'll be fired on the spot and fined. Mm-hmm. I mean, Eva, help me out here. This is ridiculous, this bill. It's insanity. I totally agree because... What is the teacher going to say? They, can't, to, they, they can't, can't say, say anything, anything yeah. at all. Yeah. And I, it's not really fair to the teachers who are trying to do the best they can to educate the children. And children of that age are very curious. They want to know about other folks' moms and dads. Right. And I see nothing wrong with if I had a domestic partner, which I don't, I have my cats, maybe one day I will <laughs> well, have that's a domestic a partner. <laughs> partner. I love my cats, of by course. the way. However, if I had a domestic partner, I would be so proud to say that she 
is my wife or she is my girlfriend. And that's sure. how I would say it. You know, and I'm going to bring up a name, and maybe there's some people that don't like me bringing this up. I really don't care. Mm-hmm. There's a lady, and you know what? I was friends with her for a while. We stopped talking. She, she used to be a radio host here in Las Vegas. Her name is Heidi Harris. Mm. I've always thought her to be a very nice lady. She was always very nice to me. And then we have a di- disagreement on a political issue. She stopped talking to me. Fine, no problem. Mm-hmm. I don't have anything against her. I do think she's a nice lady. She's not on the air here in Las Vegas anymore. But she lost her job doing a show here in Vegas years back. And the reason why, and by the way, she lost her job for a couple at a couple different stations, but one of which she lost her job because she went on the air and she was critical of parents of the same gender. And she was trying and I'm paraphrasing here, but she was trying to make the claim that a man and a woman, husband and wife are better off as parents with the kids rather than two women or two men. Now, there's obviously no facts to back up that opinion, mm-hmm. and it was ridiculous. And some of the advertisers, in my understanding, at this radio station were very pro, uh, you know, LGBTQ, uh, mm-hmm. and, and they didn't like it. So she lost her job. Now, it's okay to have different opinions, right? I have mm-hmm. no problem with that. Guess what? Nobody forces anybody to be gay. If you don't want to be gay or if you don't want to be transgender, you don't have to. Do what you want with your body. Mm -hmm. Stop telling other people what to do with theirs. But here's a woman who goes on the radio and had a platform, and she says something with no facts to back up her opinions. Have you ever heard that before or others on the right where they try to make a claim that all oh, two women raising a child or two men raising a child, that child is going to grow up to be this or that and all messed up? Why? First of all, why do they say things like that? Number two, isn't that hurtful? I have heard that before from talking to other people. Yes, it is hurtful, and it is and it is very ignorant. It's closed-minded, not willing to respect diversity, and there is no evidence that two mamas are worse than a daddy and a mama. Sometimes having a dad and a mom is worse than having two moms or two dads because two moms or two dads can love just as well, mm-hmm. if not better, than a mom and a dad. Yeah, well said. And, and I'll even go a step further and say uh, there are bad parents out there. It, you could be a man or a woman. You could be gay. You could be straight. It doesn't matter. You're, there's good parents out there. There's bad parents mm-hmm. out there. And it has nothing to do with your sexuality or what's between no. your legs. I don't understand it. I think it's another example of people on the right who are homophobic, who are anti-transgender, anti-gay, and they spew their hatred. And I'm just so sick of it. You know, and, and I guess I'm sounding like a Democrat today, but I don't find that there are many Democrats out there that are attacking the gay community. I've never heard a Democrat say anything about two women or two men derogatory raising a child. Why is that? Why does it always seem to be the right that are that are homophobic, anti-gay, the Mike Pence's of the world who are anti-gay marriage? Have you ever spoken to a Democrat that is anti-gay marriage? I haven't. Why is it always the right, the evangelical Christians out there who want to quote Jesus Christ all the time, but Jesus was the person himself in Scripture that said, treat everybody as equals regardless of as if they're different from you. And these people call themselves good Christians. I don't understand it, even. I'm not a very religious person, but I just don't understand that. I think it comes back to the fact they're afraid, they're threatened. And I'll even address a little bit of quickly about my own family. Mm-hmm. When I came out, I waited two years to tell my family. I have been completely shunned by my own family. Your own, uh, your parents still alive? 
No, they have passed away, sadly, in 02 and 05. So your family members, if you don't mind, let's dive into this. And mm-hmm. I'm sorry about this. Oh, but it's I, okay. But I think it's important that you, you tell the story of what you've had to go through. And, and I feel horrible for you. But when you say family members, what? Brothers, sisters? What type of family members have, have shunned you? Two older brothers, a nephew, my niece, a second niece, sister-in-laws. Every surviving member of my family has pretty much turned their back on me. So when you have that conversation, and what's that first conversation like? You say, listen, I'm going to perform a transgender surgery. Mm -hmm. I want to be a woman. I'm not comfortable. Whatever you said. What what is that first – how does that first conversation go? I would imagine – and sadly, it didn't go well. And by the way, as you know, not the case with all families, right? Right. There are plenty of families out there that have treat – Transgender is the same, and, and they love them, and, and mm-hmm. I'm sorry you're going through it, but what is that conversation like? What's the first thing like a brother says to you? Well, when I had my reaffirming conser- surgery done April of last year, my oldest brother contacted me and said, don't do it. You were born who you are, and we love you as you are. Don't do it. So my first reaction was, I can't say that on the radio, what I was thinking at that right. moment. Well, what a, a, a stupid thing to say, a jerk. Yes. Yeah. And I basically felt like I had been betrayed and they didn't love me for who I could possibly be and respect me for who I am. And today I still believe that they're wrong. There are a lot of people in this country and throughout the world that are going through what you went through with your family. It's unfortunate. It's terrible. You know, it's interesting. I have a, Eva, I have a very close friend of mine. He's a great guy. Uh, we watch games together. Uh, we, you know, shoot some hoops together at times. I've known this guy for years. And he gives me a call about four or five years ago. And he mm-hmm. says, Brian, I just found out my son is gay. He made some very derogatory comments mm-hmm. about his son. Uh, he said, I, I, I feel like disowning him, blah, blah, blah. He was crying. He was very distraught. Mm-hmm. Maybe he was in a little bit of shock, but he said some very derogatory things. So I, said, I tried to set him straight, and I said, what does it matter what his sexuality is? Mm-hmm. What matters is what kind of person he is. What do you care about who he's having relations with? That is his choice. And it took him a while, but he did come around. And I see he and his son have a very good relationship these days. Mm-hmm. But I saw how distraught he was, and I thought to myself, why? Why do these people have these first reactions? And I believe sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes people are programmed. Mm-hmm. Being gay is wrong, and it's, it's, it's a sin. And when you're taught this at a young age, and my friend was taught this by his parents at a young age, and it's instilled in you about how you're committing a sin, and it's a choice, and Jesus hates you, and you're going to hell, Mm -hmm. that's your first reaction. Mm -hmm. But then I think when a parent is able to, and by the way, despicable person, but I'm going to bring him up, at least in this case, in a positive note, Dick Cheney. Mm -hmm. Now, Dick Cheney is a hypocrite, right? He was anti-gay. He was anti-gay marriage. Then all of a sudden, when he finds out his daughter is gay, then he changed – same thing with Liz Cheney as the sister. She changed her mind as well, and she admitted she was wrong. Now, I can't stand these people that change their policies and their opinions until it happens to them, uh-huh. but at least they did come around. And what I try to tell people is, why, especially Republicans – why is it always Republicans? I don't understand it, but – until it happens to you, mm-hmm. put yourself in their shoes and don't wait until it happens to you. 
accept people for who they are. And I had that conversation, a respectful one with my friend. And I think it's great the relationship he has with his son right now. He could care less what his son is doing sexually or mm-hmm. what his sexual preferences are. He's accepted his son, which, by the way, he should have from the beginning. But I had to talk to him. And I feel like sometimes, Eva, we have to have those types of conversations with people, even though we might disagree with them. But I can't imagine. So have you had any type of understanding or middle ground with any of these family members today? Or do they just not talk to you anymore? Or what's the situation now? There is no middle ground with my family members. Mm. As far as I'm as far as to me, when they view me, they view me as a heretic, burn me at the stake. I'm going to burn it. Pardon my French, but I'm going to burn in you know where. Mm-hmm. And I am just totally messed up. A, a wrong, can't be a role model to my great nieces. And I have some great nieces i've never even met i would make a great great aunt i'm sure you I know would. i would i'm sure you would and that's that's really sad and and i hate to say this about some of your family members they're very simple and closed-minded people they are they sound like that to me and and mm-hmm. uh, i know that my parents would never be like that and and my family wouldn't be like that it's very unfortunate um and i, I really don't know what the cure is with some people that but i will say this and you could tell me what you think about this I feel like the Mike Pence's of the world, and I feel like the alt-right and the very, very religious people that want to attack others because they're not like them are usually the people that do the most sins themselves. Mm -hmm. I mean, I would say Donald Trump is probably a perfect example of that, Mm -hmm. but it seems like the people that you know that pass these don't say gay bills and and all these other things are usually the same types of people that that cheat on their spouses left and right and commit Mm -hmm. the most sins you know they're hypocrites and i also believe a lot of people who are homophobic are people that are gay themselves and are not willing to come out of the closet for lack of a better Mm -hmm. term you know eva i did uh, when i was doing a show at another station uh there was a big controversy in this city. I don't know if you heard about this. And I use the term cross-dresser. I'm not very familiar with it, but mm-hmm. they had this thing in these libraries in the state of Nevada where a cross-dresser would read children's books to kids in the libraries. And Ooh. all these people on the right hated it, right? They were all against it. They hated it. And I had this – and by the way, I don't care. What do I care what somebody dresses like as long as they're wearing clothes in front of mm-hmm. kids? That's all I care. Just yeah. wear clothes. And I don't see anything wrong with it. And it's the parents that can make the decision whether they're going to bring somebody to the library or not. Mm -hmm. Um, I think it's actually kind of cool and funny. But um, I had this guy on who was so against it. Oh, he was anti-gay. He was anti-crossdresser. So uh, uh, one of these days I got to replay this interview because it's incredible. It's a moment where I said to myself, I think this guy is gay. And I think he, he – so I said to him, I said, where do you live? This man is around 40 years old. He said he lived with his mom. I said, okay, there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not going to mock you for that. But I said, when was the last relationship you had with a woman? And he says, I'm not going to answer that question. And I said, why not? I'll, it's a very basic question. Have you ever been with a woman? Doesn't answer the question. Mm. Now, I'm not saying – for lack – I'm not saying I have gaydar. I, I, that's not what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> But I believe that this is a man that was so anti-gay, right? You'll hear priests all the time talking about how bad it is to be gay when we know that some of these priests happen to be gay themselves. Do you find that, that the people that are so against you, and I know you're you're transgender, but the people that are so anti-transgender, are some of these people are probably people that if they had the opportunity would be transgender themselves. Do you feel that to be true in some cases? I think so. And... People, when they realize who they really are on the inside, they're afraid 
to come out and be truly who they are. Mm -hmm. And they're worried about what people will say. And they don't want to be solely, truly in touch with their soul and their Mm self-expression. And once they overcome that fear, then they think, boy, was I a jerk being hard on those other transgender girls. I I like wearing dresses as much as they do, and I like wearing the makeup. And on the inside, I've been a woman my whole life, but Mm -hmm. I didn't have the courage to do anything. Mm -hmm. But now I see others. Maybe I can. For the record, by the way, nobody ever wants to see me in a dress. I just want to be very clear on that. Yeah, that's just me. (laughs) Nobody, well, nobody wants to see me in anything that's revealing. Let me just, Mm. let me just be clear on that one. But, but I understand, I understand what you're saying. And and I've always said, and I guess this is where uh, the, uh, you know, I, I do take this side of people on the left is I just want people to, to be who they are. Uh, what I care about are, are good people, you know, and uh, I care w- what type of person you are. Uh, are you a law-abiding citizen? What do you do to help others? Uh, I don't care what you do in your personal life as far as sexually, as long as you're not breaking any rules. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't care what you're doing to your body as long as you're not harming your body. Mm-hmm. As you know, there are some people that are you know, depressed, suicidal, whatever the case may be, and they do things yeah. to harm their body. That's a different topic. Sure. Uh, those people need help. There's no question about it. What would you say to people out there? They want to talk about the suicide rate among mm-hmm. transgenders. and it, right. it, I don't want to use the term hot topic, but it is a topic mm-hmm. that people bring up. Maybe it's a valid topic. I don't know. I don't have the numbers in front of me. But there are a lot of people that make the case that transgenders, man or woman, mm-hmm. uh, the, the suicide rate is much higher. What, when people make that debate or argument, what do you say to that? It is possible that that rate of suicide could be higher for folks that are not living who they really are. I'll give you an example. Actors like Montgomery Cliff, mm-hmm. he was secretly gay. Mm-hmm. Rock Hudson was gay and the and the studios even had him have a bogus marriage to hide yeah that type of lifestyle and if people found out back then those guys careers would have been done and over and now here we are in 2022 and in some cases it's not much better because especially with transgender t- kids that are trying to find their own sexuality they aren't able to fully get the full support they need and unfortunately some of them do make that choice of not continuing their journey and trying to Mm -hmm. overcome adversity and you know you want people to be happy i can't imagine how awful it must be and I'm not uh, to be inside a body that you are not comfortable with. And when I mean comfortable, mm-hmm. I'm not talking about me. I'm not talking right. about when I take my shirt off and I say, "Geez, I wish I could lose 15 pounds and I had a six pack." We all yeah, want that. That's not what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. Geez, I wish I had a full head of hair. I wish hair didn't grow in the wrong places for me. That's not what I'm talking about. We all want that, right? We all want to look good, but yeah. uh, I'm talking about you just are not comfortable in the gender you are that is so different and people don't understand that that i can't imagine how difficult that has to be going through that every day and i would imagine the surgery process is not a fun experience either you have to suffer and and i'm sure there's a lot of pain Mm -hmm. and and it's not easy to but to get to where you want to get so i have sympathy for 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 everybody that 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 feels that way but i believe you should need to do what you need to do to be happy you know and I know plastic surgery is a very different topic, mm-hmm. but I'm just going to give you a, a, a quick example of what I'm talking about. Okay. I, you know, 
sometimes women, I believe, get plastic surgery for, for the wrong reasons, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I just want to make my husband happy. Yeah. I just want to make my boyfriend happy. Now, listen, I think that's a pathetic reason to do something to your body. Mm-hmm. However, women out there that want to get Botox or, or whatever, breast implant, whatever the case may be, if they do it because it makes them happy mm-hmm. and they're more comfortable, and, and then I say, fine, let them do it. Mm-hmm. Let him do it. It's not my cup of tea. Uh, I do think sometimes people do it for the wrong reasons, but mm-hmm. I think a lot of times people do it because it makes them happy. Do what makes you happy as long as it's not against the law, and I would never interfere with anyone's ability to do that, mm-hmm. if that if that makes sense. Do you agree with that? Yes. I think that uh, when you brought up the, the surgery thing about being difficult, I remember after I had the surgery last year, my friend picked me up at the hospital, and the first thing I said to her, and I even tear up when I think about it now, I looked at her, and her name was Kenya, mm-hmm. and I said, Kenya, it's done. Mm. I am now truly who I should be, yeah. and I started crying, mm. and she said, don't cry, or I'm going to cry too, yeah. but it was such an overwhelming sense of I was free. Right. You're able to be who you are. Yes. And I think that no matter who you are, a man or a woman, if you want to alter your body to make you feel better, to make you more identifiable to who you are Mm -hmm. on the inside, you should do it for yourself and don't do it for others Mm because you don't live your life for other people. I agree. Are there any uh, prominent transgender people that are in office right now? Because if there are, I am unaware. There, uh, I can't think of any. I could think of some very prominent people that mm-hmm. are celebrities. Yes. But I, I can't recall any politicians. I mean, obviously, Pete Buttigieg is gay. Yes. Uh, and I think he's done a lot for the gay community and standing mm-hmm. up for who he is. I think he's, yes. a, he's a good man. Yes, he is. But I can't think of anybody who's actually transgender. I know Jenner was running for governor for a little while, right? Mm-hmm. But is she considered – is that considered – I wanted to ask you this. Is that considered transgender? Because she didn't get the full surgery. She altered her body a little bit. That's a good question that I want to ask you before Mm -hmm. we go to break. Sure. What do you actually consider a woman and transgender? Now, when I think of transgender, I will call a woman a woman if that's what they want me to do. Mm -hmm. It doesn't bother me one bit. I just want you to know that. I'm not one of those people Mm -hmm. that I'm going to be respectful. Whether you got the surgery or not, if you want to be called a woman, I will be respectful Mm -hmm. as long as you're respectful to me. But when we talk about using restrooms and when we talk about, you know, competing on the football field, whatever the Mm -hmm. case may be, maybe bathrooms is a bad example, but I believe you are a true transgender if you got the surgery and you got is that wrong of me to think like that no i think that when before the very first day that i decided to transgender i looked at videos about the reassignment surgery Mm mm-hmm Crazy! I was eating lunch, looking at this video, thinking, "Oh wow! I don't know yeah. if I'd want to be eating lunch." <laughs> yeah, it was looking kind of at an that. experience, <laughs> right? But yep. I, on day one, I knew. I looked at. I said, "I can do that." So, as far as being a true transgender, I think you can be a true tra- transgender in your own mind and your own, from your own view, without getting that surgery. However, if you want to make that step for- forward. I think that's a big step in announcing that you truly want to be 
the sex that you want to be and the gender you want to be. Look at right. Chaz Bono. Went all far. He went all the way. Yeah. He's a man now. Right. And I think that's an individual choice. And one out of four transgender women get the reassignment surgery. Yeah. Only one out of four. I did not know that. But I, uh, by the way, something that we were just talking about a few minutes ago, I didn't know this either. There are uh, somewhere around 16, 17 openly transgender people that are politicians in this country. Now, they Good. might be assembly people. They're, they're, they're not maybe high-profile governors that we mm-hmm. would know. They're not household names, but they are politicians that are, that are actually elected officials in office. I did not know that, so that's good to know, and hopefully uh, we can get more. I feel the same way about you know, whether it be transgenders or, or, or people of color, I, I believe we need a, a better mix of people that represent, mm-hmm. uh, you know, I just feel like we've had so much of the same for decades and decades and decades, right? Usually, typically, not a ton of women in office, uh, mm-hmm. but if they are, they're definitely white. Mm-hmm. Uh, same thing with men. And I feel like we need a better mm-hmm. assortment of different people because they represent all sorts of different issues. And, and, I, and I think that's important. All right. So she is Eva Chase. She's running for lieutenant governor in the great state of Nevada. She is an openly trans transgender woman and uh, she's running for office Uh, we're going to take a quick break and when we come back she's going to stick around for another segment i want to talk to her about russia i want to talk to her about vladimir putin and i want to talk about some policy issues including how russia and the invasion of ukraine is affecting the sports world even wimbledon and tennis we're going to talk about that so we'll take a quick break right after this you are listening to pushing the limits right here on kshp All right, welcome back. Pushing the Limits, also known as PTL. On a Friday, we should all be in a good mood, unless you're Numbchuck, because he's got to be here again tomorrow, but that's okay. I've got the next two days off. I'm going to be, not to get Numbchuck jealous, but I'm going to be hanging out at the pool, working on my pasty white skin, trying to get a tan, maybe throwing a few dates in there. I I don't know. Probably not. You're you're right. Probably not on that. It's going to be golf. Oh, I'll definitely be playing golf. No dates. Well, that's only four hours, though. No dates. Wow, you're not giving maybe me, one. You're not giving me any credit. I I'll went give on a, you one. I went on a date last night with a beautiful young lady. Yeah, I really did. We went and we had a nice dinner, uh, and uh, good conversation. This is somebody that I've known for a little while. Not a Republican, so it went very well. Anyway, uh, welcome back to the show, ladies and gentlemen. I digress. I want to tell you real quickly before we get to our in-studio guest, Eva Chase, about my good friend Brian Slipok at Jackson's Bar and Grill. It's located at Jones and Flamingo. Great gaming bar. You sign up for a player's card there. You mention my name and the name of this show. He will give you $10 free slot play on the spot. I've seen people with 2 or $3 left on a slot machine, and they hit a jackpot. Folks, it happens. That's all I'm saying. Uh, and then if you get to 100 points on your card, you get another $20 in free slot play. And you get free gas cards. Uh, you get to be put in a drawing for a chance to win a free gas card. I just found out yesterday, because I play there all the time, I just won a $100 free gas card. How cool is that? Uh, probably enough to fill up my gas tank once, but that's okay. That's another story for another show. One, I'll say twice. No, I, I, I filled my gas tank up last week. It was like 90 bucks. Uh, it was like $5.40 a gallon or something like that. Yeah, it was terrible. Must be all Joe Biden's fault. Even though gas prices are up all over the world, the right-wing talking point, it must be Joe Biden. Oh, it's that. He's in the bunker. It must be Joe Biden. So insanity. It's, it's insanity. Anyway, check him out. Jackson's Bar and Grill, located at uh, Flamingo and Jones. Uh, great place to play. Great food. Great atmosphere. In fact, they're going to be heading over there today. So check him out. Jackson's Bar and Grill. Uh, Eva Chase is our guest in studio. She's running for lieutenant governor in the great state 
of Nevada. And um, so, Eva, I want to talk to you a little bit about, uh, obviously, what's taking place in the Ukraine right now at the hands of mm-hmm. the evil, murderous dictator Vladimir Putin. Mm-hmm. Um, here's where kind of sports uh, has kind of transcended into this as well. You know, we've seen a lot of uh, athletes from Russia uh, that are, you know, pro-Ukraine that have been, you know, uh, anti-Putin. But these are also people that still live in this country mm-hmm. that don't have to fly back to Russia. Uh, mm-hmm. Here's a weird story that I wanted to talk to you about, and I kind of wanted to get your thoughts on this. So Wimbledon is one of the big four majors in tennis and, uh, mm-hmm. you know, prestigious event uh, takes place in France, right? Am I, uh, am I an idiot? Yes, I believe it's France. And it played on grass, and uh, it's one of the most prestigious tennis tournaments, if not the most prestigious one in the world. Maybe you can make the argument the U.S. Open. But Wimbledon's mm-hmm. right there. It's it, the history. So the people at Wimbledon have just made an announcement saying that they're not going to let anybody from Russia play in Wimbledon. Mm. Uh, there's a lot of players that are uh, calling this out. I'm uh, and I'm not. I'm a former college tennis player. Mm-hmm. Uh, Novak Djokovic, who I don't put a lot of credibility towards him, but he is the number one tennis player in the world, and he's calling it uh, horrible. He said, "I know how much uh, emotional trauma it leaves." Uh, we know what happened in Serbia in 99. Uh, I don't agree with this. I can't support the decision of Wimbledon. I think it's crazy. When politics interfere with sport, the result is never good. I tend to agree with them. Why is it that these players that are from Russia, and by the way, some of the best players in the world, uh, Medvedev is from Russia. Mm-hmm. I think he's number two or number three in the world on the men's side. Mm-hmm. There are a couple top ten players on the women's side as well from Russia. Why should they be punished for something that Vladimir Putin has done? Uh, I think it'd be one thing if some of these players were pro-Putin and they made comments, disgusting mm-hmm. remarks. That's different, but they haven't done that. Mm-hmm. I don't. I, I think this is taking it too far. What do you What do you say? It is taking it too far because these Russian players, they're not the ones that are doing this war. They're tennis players. They're from Russia, right? And they're not making any pro-Putin comments, and. They should not be penalized from participating in their particular sport just because their dictator president is trying to kill people in Ukraine. You That's know, a whole different thing altogether. Agree. And what kind of precedence? I mean, there's a lot of Russian professional hockey players in the mm-hmm. NHL. It's certainly not their fault. Uh, this is really bad for tennis. Uh, four Russian men, including world number two, uh, as I mentioned, Daniel Medvedev, are currently ranked in the top 30 on the ATP Tour. Mm-hmm. Russia has five women in the top 40. Uh, Arnia Sabalenka is currently ranked fourth in the world on the women's side. She was a Wimbledon semifinalist last year. Uh, while, uh, you know, Victoria Azarenka, she's a former number one player in the world. She's ranked number 18th right now. Uh, of course, this decision comes at a time where the first Russian and Belarusian players have been prohibited from competing in this elite tennis event. I just sense, I, I just don't understand what they're trying to accomplish here. I understand you want to make a... Uh, What's the word I'm looking for? You want to make sort of a splash and make a statement, Wimbledon. Mm-hmm. And, and I don't think there's any reasonable person that agrees with what Vladimir Putin is doing. But you can't blame the entire country for one evil, murderous dictator. Yes, there are some horrible soldiers out there that are committing war crimes. There are some mm-hmm. horrible commanders out there and people underneath Vladimir Putin. No question about it. But I would like to think that the overwhelming majority of the regular, everyday citizens in Russia, even though they're afraid to speak up and say it, I would like to think that most of them do not agree with what Vladimir Putin and his evil, murderous regime are doing. I agree. Where I work, I've met many, many nice people that are from Russia, and they're very pleasant. I'm able to say my one word I know in Russian to them, privyet. 
and that's it. Mm-hmm. Then they want to go into a conversation. That's, that's it. There you go. <laughs> right. And I don't blame them at all. I they're very nice, and I just think that uh, the Russian people are being fed misinformation by Putin, not under understanding exactly what he's doing in Ukraine. And it's all a propaganda war from his perspective, lying about what he's doing. And I don't blame the Russian people or the Russian athletes for what he's doing. Yeah, neither, neither do I. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, it'd be one thing if some of these athletes were, were praising Vladimir Putin. I wouldn't want them playing in my tennis event either. Yeah. But that's not the case. Daniel Medvedev, I haven't heard of any of these players that are, that are doing that. Let's put it this way. I think what's far more serious is Novak Djokovic and what he did last month, uh, a few months back. Mm-hmm. I believe it was, uh, if I'm not mistaken, the Australian Open when he yes. refused to get vaccinated. And then he's out in public knowing that he was positive for COVID, doing photo mm-hmm. shoots. What he did put people at risk. Uh, and uh, if anybody shouldn't play in Wimbledon or should be banned from the tennis tour for a year, I would say that would be Novak Djokovic mm-hmm. because he actually endangered people's lives. Uh, I'm not going to mm-hmm. say that tennis players, because they were born in Russia and even if they still live there, that they can't play in Wimbledon at the hands of an evil murderous dictator. That's absurd. That's ridiculous. I would say the same thing about North Korea. Yes, Kim Jong-un is an evil murderous dictator. Does that mean any athlete in North Korea? Say uh, there, there are some female uh, golfers on the, on the LPGA tour that are from North Korea. Should they not be allowed to play golf because of Kim Jong-un? Of course not. It's completely ridiculous. So I think what Wimbledon has done, it makes them look really foolish and really bad. There are ways to go about being pro-Ukraine. This is not the right way. And what I try to do is I try to get people from Ukraine. We've had plenty of people that live here in Vegas come in studio, have talked about their families and, and how what people can do to help. That's what we have to push. We have to call out Vladimir Putin for who he is. Mm-hmm. Uh, and unfortunately, there are some politicians on the right that are doing the opposite. You know, and I hate, to, I hate to bring up Donald Trump again, but mm-hmm. uh, there are some people on the right that are praising Vladimir Putin, mm. smart, savvy, a peacemaker. I mean, when you see the carnage in the Ukraine, Eva, and you see – and it's hard for me to even talk about this because it's graphic, but I do believe people need to hear it. When you hear of women with their hands tied behind their back mm-hmm. being sexually assaulted by these Russian soldiers – with their kids watching, and eventually murdered. To me, there is nothing worse than that. This is at the hand, at the level of Al Qaeda, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and this, in the course of history, this is going to be one of the biggest atrocities in the history of the world. Mm-hmm. What do you make of this? And do you see any other alternative than just taking Vladimir Putin out? I would say that Vladimir Putin is a war criminal Mm -hmm. and he is vastly approaching Adolf Hitler's level and something needs to be done to have him now people may not agree but I think he should be removed from office I think the only way to remove him is to kill him well I have to be careful how I say this I don't condone violence but if Well, this is not going to be easy. If that were the only way to help the people of Ukraine Mm -hmm. and to help people in Russia have a competent leader. Mm -hmm. I'll say it. Um, I think the only way to deter Vladimir Putin is to murder him, to kill him. I don't Mm -hmm. even want to use the term murder. He needs to be taken out, and the only way to take him out is to kill him. Yeah. Could it mean that maybe somebody underneath him takes the reins? Perhaps. 
But this is all at the hands of Vladimir Putin. And I would yes, imagine there's a lot of people that work with him and work for him and that have no other choice. A lot of people in Russia that do not agree with Vladimir Putin and what he's done, but they can't speak out against it or they will be killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think there are certain situations like, you know, Osama bin Laden. He had to be killed. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think of Saddam Hussein. He had to be killed. His own people hung him. It was appropriate, and it was good for the world to see that, even though it's violent and it's not yeah. fun to see. It was important to see that we got him. We got Osama bin Laden. I wish the video was released. I wish they released uh, the slang, of, quite frankly, because it sends a message to the world. If you F with us and if you try to kill us and you try to harm this country, we are going to get you. Um, I don't know what else can deter him. You know, I'm not saying do anything to Putin's family, but – I don't know. If you took his family into custody, maybe – I don't know. Uh, I'm sure these are all things that have, are, have been talked about and maybe are continuing yeah. to be talked about. Uh, I don't understand. I remember 9-11. If you recall, George W. Bush uh, not, was never a big fan of his either, and uh, members of the bin Laden family were flown out of this country uh, the day of 9-11 may, without even being questioned. Uh, that was very suspicious to me and very strange, and I'm not a conspiracy theorist. Uh, we need to detain family members. Uh, and and I don't know why, and, and maybe they are. I, I listen. I don't know what the intelligence is, and I don't know what they're planning to do. But nothing is going to deter this evil, murderous man unless he's taken out. You know. Um, so I want to give you an opportunity again, uh, Eva, and thank you for being here to talk a little bit about your platform, what you stand for, maybe a little bit about yourself for people that are unfamiliar with you uh, obviously you're running for lieutenant governor when are the elections by the way i should know that what are the what, what, what's the time frame on that early voting starts may 28th primaries june 14th oh so that's really coming up mm-hmm. i didn't realize how fast approaching Close. that was okay so for people that are on the fence there's a lot of people running for lieutenant governor mm-hmm. right now yes. uh why should people vote for you i am a vote for a positive future I am not an established candidate, and I'm just regular people, mm-hmm. and I stand for values. As lieutenant governor, you serve the people of Nevada. You don't serve your own self-interest, and being a member of the LGBTQ community as a transgender, I sympathize with many of the anti-transgender laws that are now put in place in red states, Republicans, and I do bash them as much as I can for that. I also don't like the fact that the minority groups like African Americans are having their districts slashed into pieces where they don't have a strong enough voting majority in those areas to get the people in office they want. This is also being done in Republican states. Mm. And those are a couple of things. And the veterans administer and the veterans conditions, I think veterans are solely just not respected and the veteran administration needs a complete overhaul. Now, as lieutenant governor, I would make sure that any progressive idea, prefer anything dealing with any group that is outside the mainstream and ideas that can better Nevadians that live here, I would pursue that, mm. no matter what it is. Mm-hmm. I would look at it, 
and then I would observe and say, is this a good idea? And I listen to people. Yeah, that's the important thing. You have to listen to people. I try to listen to people that have different upbringings than mm-hmm. me. Uh, you know, maybe they uh, different color of skin, just different life experiences. Yeah. And I think we don't listen to each other anymore. And I think that's very important. Uh, quickly, uh, Eva, if you can give out that social media information, how do people follow you and learn more about you? You can find me on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok. And so those are the two main areas that you can find me. And, of course, on this fine radio station. Of course. When I am invited here, and I recommend this to everybody, not just when I'm not here. Oh, I appreciate that. Listen to this program. It's one of the best I've ever seen. Well, thank you. That's really nice of you to say. I really do appreciate that. And we'll definitely have you in again next month. No question about that. Uh, Eva Chase, thank you so much for being here. Wish you luck on your campaign. And uh, maybe... uh, Perhaps we can have some change, not just in the city of Las Vegas, but throughout this country. Uh, Hopefully change is coming. Uh, But anyway, thank you for joining us. And uh, I'm about ready to uh, change into my weekend best and relax and have a fun weekend. And Numchuck has to suffer here for the next eight hours, and then he's back in in studio tomorrow. I'm sorry about that, Justin. I'll get you plenty of uh, Dr. Peppers, I promise you, on Monday. We will be back on Monday, ladies and gentlemen. Maybe Chris Wynn will be joining us. I don't know. Maybe if he's not on a, a caveman Kino hangover. But... Follow me on social media, uh, please, Pushing Limits LV, and uh, on my Facebook page, add me as a friend. Thanks for joining us, everybody. Have a great day.